Hi everyone, welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. I always say that because we are to praise the Lord every day. Doesn't it get to the point where you just praise him all the time? You don't have to be told to praise the Lord. <laughs> you just praise him because you love him so much. So praise the Lord. So I'm glad to be back today. I have some good living bread to feed you. Because you know why it's good? It fed me. So that means there has an eternal stream to it. And so, amen. I'm going to give to you what I received from the Lord when I sought the Lord. And he delivered me from all my fears. Father in heaven, I come before you today. Lord, I come to you with a humble and trustful heart, a joyful heart. And Lord, I just thank you for the good pleasure and the honor that you've given me, though I know I don't deserve it. Lord, to be able to be one, really though everybody knows my name, but Lord, it's not them that are coming to see or hear me. It's because you are the great shepherd of the sheep and they want to hear from you. So, Lord, I bow before you and I ask that they hear the sound of your voice, even though I'm talking. And that Holy Spirit, you will help me and enable me. And that to be able to put all these words together. But that, Lord, you will lead me by your spirit. I will follow you. And that, Lord, this word, like the little winged seeds of a dandelion, will take flight and they will land in the hearts of those whose soil is soil of their hearts are prepared to receive it. So let your good hand be upon me and upon all those that are here today or this evening. For I rest it all now upon you. And I will follow you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it has been some time now that I have been, there's been something in my heart. I'm not going to share it because it's personal. And we all have that, don't we? Something that we carry for years of our life as Christians and uh, believers and through the years uh, it's still there. And so lately, well, I can't even really say lately. I would say for quite a while now, I've been every day. And I mean every day. I'm not even exaggerating. Like every day I say to the Lord, um, I, I, I ask him about this thing. Lord, do this thing. Lord, make sure this thing happens. And it's something so deep in my heart. And so Months ago, I started saying, Lord, I don't just want to ask you for these thing, this thing. Lord, I ask you just to give me assurance. Father, give me assurance in my heart. And so I started praying that every single day from my heart to his. And I was saying to him, Lord, please answer me. Show me in your own word. Give me a word, Lord. Not one that I pick out and that I hang on to, but one that you give to me 
and you make it come alive in my heart and you give me a revelation about it because I don't want to hang on you, Lord, forever saying, Lord, give me assurance. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we need assurance about something and we can only receive that assurance from him. We can't pump ourselves up, be assured, be assured, because as much as we pump ourselves up to say we're assured, Within a moment, something can shatter that and we have zero assurance of anything. So uh, uh, yes, two mornings ago, I was in the book of Acts and I came across Acts 17, 31. And it said, says, because he hath appointed a day in the which he shall judge the world in righteousness by that man who he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead and let me tell you after my whole life years i would say decades that assurance was brought to me in the spirit of revelation by the holy spirit and you know what it was by the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead that i didn't see it I didn't, there was something I didn't, that was missing, that was making me white knuckle hang on to Christ. Lord, show me, show me, give me assurance, give me assurance. And fear was with the assurance, you know. But I saw what he wanted me to say that, Joni, my assurance, not that I heard him saying that, but I'm just saying like as if he could say to me, and he could say to me, and he did say to me by spirit, but I'm just for this moment I'm saying that it was as if he was saying to me, Joni, my resurrection from the dead is your assurance for your life, for that very thing and your whole life. And I started to think more and more, it's true. In other words, because you live, I said, because you live, because you were raised from the dead. And I'm raised with the, it, from the dead with you at the cross. Of course, one day to die in this body and to be raised with him, that's later. But what I meant is this assurance that I didn't have before. I'm not ashamed to admit it. In fact, I love to tell you about my weaknesses. I don't want you guys to ever look at me and say, well, Joan's got it all together. Joan's really this or really that. Joan's really nothing. Christ is all things. And I saw so much more about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so let me go further with that. I had realized in just really in and really contemplating, meditating about it, thinking about it over the last couple of days about how easy it is for all of us, all of us to build up walls around ourselves that we don't even know that we're building up. And it could be walls of tear, oh, fears, walls of sadness, walls of anger, you know, walls of past memories that keep us in grip. And we don't realize that we are within these walls and all the years we do know, I guess, at some point, Lord, I feel we, we may not even use the words, Lord, I'm walled in. 
And through the years, we're always trying to look for a way out, but we can find no doors, though we know Jesus Christ is the door. And we feel like prisoners. Have you ever felt like a prisoner? Do you feel like a prisoner now? Because I can certainly tell you with all honesty, for decades of my life, I felt like a prisoner of that one thing for fear of the what if. Something that's very near and dear to me. And, but I saw, it was like a window opened from heaven. And I want to talk about what it means to be a prisoner of the Lord and to be within walls. It could be, and I mean, look, I'm not going to give a demonstration of what, how many different walls there are because there's so many different scenarios and different situations people are in right now and where you find yourself in a bad marriage fears of the future and you know we don't realize that they're walls and they are walls just the same and they're tormenting walls and we cannot find a door out but i realized that it was the looking at the word of the lord and me asking him in prayer over and over because i don't have a problem asking jesus over and over again it's not because i don't think well if i do it more he'll hear me more it's, it was because I know he hears me that I'm going to continue to let my voice be heard on high. And I'm not going to be afraid because one day I remember I was working out something in prayer many years ago and I was dodging the real question to the Lord, the real asking. And so I was dodging here and dodging here and Lord, if this, if that, and maybe this, maybe that. And one day I was making the bed and, and I was praying while I was making the bed and I stopped making it and I stood up and I, I was leaned over and I stood up and I said, Lord, you know what? In all honesty, I want to tell you what's in my heart. I want to ask you what's in my heart, but I'm afraid to ask you what's in my heart. I'm just afraid to ask you what's in my heart. And I heard his voice very clearly say to me, you need to be more afraid not to ask me. And, you know, a window opened up above me in that little prison of fear and you know what when i asked him you know what happened these field notes happened and you know there's something that happens when we're like little prisoners of the lord paul the apostle called himself a prisoner of the lord or the prisoner of the lord even though he was in Nero's prison, he referred, never referred to him as himself as Nero's prisoner. He referred to himself as Paul the prisoner. And, but I realized some powerful things happen in prison in the Bible. Let me go on. That same day I read in Genesis and I was in the book, I was reading about Joseph. And I was at that place where it said in Genesis 39, 20 through 23. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. 
and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And I want to say something, so I'm thinking this as I'm reading this. You know, not many of you think that you're in a prison, but maybe you feel held back or held down and that you can never get ahead in the Lord or you can never, you feel hindered. Um, you want to do more for Christ. Um, you know, there's got to be more than this. We've all said that, Lord, there's got to be more than this, right? And in a way that feels very prisoner-like. I know I've been there. I'm speaking from experience. And, you know, we're, you know, I mean, we look at our, our lives and we, you know, and not that we're real big, big on comparing ourselves. I'm not comparing myself with others, but there's something within us that wants to break out. It wants, and that that's the greater he that's in us as he that's in the world. But we also have our own will. We have our own emotions. We have our own desires and our longings and that's ours to own and they're all it's like what david says all my springs are in thee and all those things i call springs and i say lord all my springs are in thee and then we want so much to let those living waters flow and we're like lord you know maybe we don't even use those words i'm going to use it right now and just say perhaps we're saying in a way lord i feel like a prisoner but you know what? I realized something different. It says, the Lord was with Joe. You know, no, here's what's, here is what came out. When I first, my eyes first saw a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And you know, all of a sudden, a window opened up above me. And that very thing, that same day, when i was saying lord give me assurance i've been asking him for so long and it said whereof he hath given assurance unto all men and that he hath raised him from the dead and that that is my assurance no matter where i'm at no matter if what seems like a small sordid life you know i'm not one that likes to go out and do a bunch of things I'm always with my mind on the Lord and I'm just so simple. But, you know, there's things I want to do more for the Lord. But the older I get, the more I say, there's a reason you have me here. There's a something you are teaching me. You know, he spent two more years in prison. Joseph did. The Lord didn't let him out one minute before, even though he interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker. And he told the butler. In three days, Pharaoh is going to bring you back and you're going to pour wine into his cup. But when he does, remember me. And it said, and the butler forgot Joseph. But God did not forget Joseph. And two years later, Joseph had a dream. And then he had another dream. And so he was brought in. Joseph in one moment was brought in and you know the story and it was all that time in prison as his own the only time we heard him complain was when he told uh he said I am innocent I'm I really don't even belong here but the Lord he became the Lord's prisoner 
And look what happened in that prison. You know, if God, if you are the Lord's prisoner, then you are the king's prisoner. And, but you're not bound because the word of God is not bound. But the only thing you're bound in is bound in the love of God. You're bound up in the love in the heart of God because he's working something out in you. And prison doors and prison walls, even our own prisons that we make among around us and walls that we built up, those are those are nothing for the Lord. But I'll tell you something. I was looking at all the places in the word, every place, I'm telling you, every place where someone was in prison, that is where the Lord was. Let me show you. In Acts 7, 55 through 56. Um, but before I do that, before I go into that, Acts 7, 55 and 56 is what I want to bring to you next. When Peter was being stoned, I mean, he was being killed. He was in the middle of dying, okay? It says, and he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked steadfastly. It didn't say up to heaven. It says he looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see heavens open and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. And you know what? Those three things gripped me. And I said, Lord, we don't just look up into heaven. Yes, I know that was what was happening to him. He was transitioning out of his body. God was getting ready to take him. And, the, and he saw heavens open. Well, as far as I know, when Jesus came up out of the water, it says the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, came down and lighted upon him. You know, we look steadfastly into heaven now. I don't need to see it with these eyes. But I'll tell you something, I've lived my whole entire life in, I'm just going to say it, what felt like and really was like one prison after another. And it was in all of those prison houses that I found no door to escape from. I would say to myself and to the Lord, I'm innocent of these charges. And year after year and decade after decade. And blow after blow. But you know what? That's where I learned to look up as a prisoner of the Lord. In Acts 12, 5 through 9, remember Peter was arrested and he was kept in prison. James and John were just killed. And Herod decided to keep Peter in prison because he knew it pleased the Jews. It says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. You know what? A light shines in the shown in my prison. A light shines in literal prisons of the world. In martyrs prisons. I mean, people, maybe they're not martyrs. Martyr really also doesn't mean person that dies, but a martyr, martyros means witness, of a witness. You're bearing witness like John the Revelator who was in a prison island called Patmos. 
and he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the, uh, of the Lord, you know, for the word of God and for his testimony and suffering. You know, there's something that happens in prisons that happens nowhere else. And even in real prisons across the world and across the United States, where there are people who are serving life sentences, people who committed some grievous sin in their life, and they were born again in heaven. And though there were no doors to get out, a light has shined in that prison. The light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, God saved him, saved them, saved, saves men and women to this day. Oh, they may not, they may be in prison for the rest of their life. But people that are in prison that are the Lord's are free men, right? In other words, if you're a slave, Paul says in first Corinthians chapter seven, if you are called being a free man, be the Lord's slave, you know, so. We know that it says a light shined in the prison and the angel said, gird yourself, bind on your sandals. So he did. And we know that that angel opened the door. He saw Peter out. Peter went free. You know why? Because no one's ever going to stop what is eternal in you and in me. Nothing can stop the fact that we were born again. You know, the Lord said, don't be afraid of them that can kill the body. After that, have no more that they can do, but rather fear him that. Though he, the, you know, he kills a body that the soul of the body be killed, he will kill the soul and body in hell, the final judgment after the thousand year millennial kingdom. But let me go further. In Acts 16, 18 through 40, that's the entire thing, but I'm just going to give you tidbits. Paul and Silas were in prison. And while they were worshiping in the most inner part of the prison, there was three wards. And it, they were worshiping the Lord and said, the Prisoners heard them. And it says, and there was an earthquake and all the prison doors flew open. And the jailer sprung in with a light. He was about to kill himself. And Paul said, don't do it. And then he sprang in with the light. You know, yes, that was an earthly light. But at the same time, he said, don't, don't do it. We're all here. And look what happened in that prison. That the Lord allowed those things to happen to Paul and Silas because that prisoner, that jailer, that Philippian jailer took those two men home. And I was thinking about how he washed their, their whips. They were whipped. He washed their stripes, it said. And I thought to myself, look at that, Lord. The men who are who preached to that jailer. That by your stripes, Jesus, you were healed. and that jailer was cleaning and washing in a loving way the stripes that Paul and Silas took. And his whole household was saved. Everybody got baptized. And in Acts 17, 19 through 21, the other apostles were put in prison. And the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and said, go stand and speak in the temple. And when in the morning they came to find them, they weren't in there, but they found them early in the morning preaching. In Acts 23 through 11, it says, and the night following Paul and the night following the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul, 
For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in, at Rome. Jesus spoke to Paul on the prisoner ship that all lives should be saved in Acts 27, 22. And the shipmaster was no longer the shipmaster anymore. Everybody looked to Paul. They did what Paul said because Jesus visited the prisoner, Jesus's prisoner, Paul, and over 200 souls were saved. In Acts 28, um, it says, Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him and he was allowed to have visitors. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came into him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. In Philemon, Paul led Onesimus to Christ. In Second Peter, Jesus spoke in Second Peter, Jesus spoke to Peter in prison, telling him that he was going to die. And I'm sure that the way the Lord did that was with such comfort and peace, with power. Because he said, The Lord has shown me this night that night that I must soon put off this body. And you know when the Lord tells you it's gonna, it's your time. I, I you know, I don't know if you could maybe he I think he does has told people here and there I've heard that they it's their time was soon but you know the way he did it had to be beautiful you know also too there's a fellowship of prisoners i paul the prisoner of the lord epaphras my fellow prisoner in christ and in christ jesus andronicus and junius my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners he goes even on in hebrews 13:3 he says remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. So I've given you these examples to show you that there nothing can, this is, you know, Paul even told King Agrippa, he says, I may be bound with these chains, but the word of God is not bound. The Holy Spirit is not bound. The There is the liberty of the children of God. You know, I think about the walls that we build around us. And you know what? Whenever we look this way or we look this way, we're not going to find relief. It's when we look up into heaven and we just like they did. You know, they did. These were praying men. These are praying people. And there is a fellowship of God's suffering. So I'll tell you something in the prisons that I was in that I thought, I guess this is just my life is when the light shone in my prison. And where I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. And I want to encourage you because you see what's coming upon our nation and in this world very shortly. Everybody's going to be finding themselves within walls built around them. And you are going to have to learn to look upwards into heaven. Not just up to heaven. But into heaven where Christ is. And that you can say, Lord, let your light come in. And you know what? I'll tell you something. God is not bound by where you are. He doesn't, you know, he's not bound. He's not like, well, I'm sorry. I can't really use you because your house is too noisy. Uh, I really can't use you because you're not really good at articulating. You're not really good. See, that can be walls around you. Well, I just, I'm too shy. Well, I'm just, listen, we put upon our own self, making our own selves self prisoners. Well, God can't use me. And so we disqualify ourselves 
because we think, well, I'm too shy. Oh, I'm just not good with the word. I'm not good at this, not good at that. It doesn't look at our devotion. Our fiery devotions do, are not hinged on ourself. It's not, it's not bound to us. If you have any fiery devotion in your heart to Jesus Christ, and wherever you are, a light will spring in your prison because you can be just like them. I'll tell you something. Those people were powerful and nothing held them back. Oh, they were put physically into places that they didn't want to be. Paul experienced it more than anybody. But I think about Joseph and I think about how, you know, Joseph and Paul, as I read to you, it says Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came to him. In Genesis, it says Joseph, it says, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And, you know, I don't want to be that kind of a, a Christian, a believer. I like to say believer. Where I have some kind of, well, I only talk to these people or that people. But I want to have plenty of oil and wine to pour in to their wounds. Where I can say, I've been a prisoner too. I'm Joni, a prisoner of the Lord. Bound in his love. And I will remember, just like Paul said, remember my bonds as Remember my bonds or remember their bonds as though bound with them. And, you know, we are bound by the love of Jesus Christ. You know, I thought to myself, I'm just going to close this. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking to myself, I'm just going to say a few things here. If I thought about when Jesus was baptized and he heard the voice of God. The first time the voice of heaven heard, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he was baptized, right? Not And after he was baptized, he heard that voice of his father from heaven. This is my son in whom I love, in whom I'm well pleased. And then later on, we see him being led by the spirit into the wilderness. It says he was full of the Holy Spirit. And after 40 days, he was hungry and Satan came to him and said, now a voice from the earth, if thou be the son of God. And Satan tried to wall him in with doubt and tried to wall him in and trip him up. But you know something? Jesus had faced him off and answered only by the word of the Lord. Because the word of the Lord that has been spoken is power. And after Satan left him, it said, and Jesus went in the full power of the Holy Spirit into the temple after that. And I thought, you know what? It's one thing to say, I'm born again, and I'm now a Christian, and I bought myself a Bible, and I'm going to go to church, 
and I'm going to sing the songs and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But that doesn't make you a Christian. Believers, when we're born again, we're made a new creation. We're in this body, but now we've been made eternal. We've been, our spirits have been made alive. You know what I thought to myself? Yes, I know Jesus is the son of God. And that voice of the father saying, this is my beloved son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. And I said to myself, just a thought. I said, you know what? We are also sons and daughters by the blood of the lamb, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by faith in Christ Jesus, that door of faith, by grace. And I wouldn't doubt it if God, our father, through each one of our births, said, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. I mean, when I had my babies, you think I kept it quiet? And I was on the phone with people. I was announcing their new births. You think that's going to be less for our father? I fully believe. And let me tell you why I believe it. Let me finish my thought. I fully believe that each time somebody is born again and their names are found, well, are being written in the book of life, there's, there's an announcement made. Would have to be our names are found written in the Lamb's book of life. For we passed from death unto life. You know why I believe it? Because it says in <clears throat> Luke, Luke 15 that there is joy in heaven with all the angels over one sinner that repents. And so if there's one sinner that repents and we all have to repent and come into the knowledge of the truth and receive the gospel and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ that he was risen from, that he was born of a virgin, he was, uh, he died on the cross for our sins, he, and then he was resurrected and he was, went into heaven. And why, but when you believe all those things, then a, a proclamation is made. This is my beloved son, small s. This is my beloved daughter, whom I am well pleased. Hey, people send out birth announcements. And are we any better than our father who is in heaven and we are his children? And again, like I was saying in Acts chapter 17, that it says that we have full assurance. Full assurance has been given all to all men. That means me and you. That doesn't mean in this or in that. It means full assurance. Full assurance in that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. That means the full assurance of victory over Satan. Full victory, full assurance of the love of God that comes down from heaven that is unsearchable. That we have full assurance of windows of heaven being opened where we keep reading the word and reading the word and reading the word. And all of a sudden a light shines in our prison and the window opens up from heaven and we look up and we see a window opened up above us. And that light of heaven is coming down into our prison cells. Amen. You see, Satan cannot stop Jesus Christ. He cannot stop. He couldn't stop Jesus from loving. He cannot stop you. He cannot stop me. Or oh, he'll use people and things and all kinds of stuff around us. But praise the Lord. 
praise the Lord. We have full assurance of hope. We have full assurance of his provision, his providence. We have full assurance of him being the author and finisher of our faith. And I have full assurance that he's going to save those that I love that I'm praying for. See, I had a revelation that it was all bound up in the risen Lord in whom are all things for from him and through him and to him are all things. And I have peace because I have full assurance and that he was raised from the dead. Praise the Lord that the Lord is with us in our prisons and he gives us favor where we are and he gives us things to do in it and we turn around and he entrusts us with the lives of other prisoners so that there's a prison fellowship where all the greatest things happen in prisons to the prisoners of the Lord where we hear his voice, where the prison itself becomes a glorious place. Because when we see Christ, everything else doesn't matter anymore. Have assurance, Christ is risen from the dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You can have full assurance for everything. I do now, thanks to that light that opened up like a window above me. God bless you, Maranatha.